The GOAT is hanging them up, plus a first look at Super Bowl 56. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, NFL fans, and welcome into a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. I'm James Erpine. No Tony Wiggins today. He is busy covering the Senior Bowl, but he's going to have plenty of stories, and we're going to have plenty of coverage from the Senior Bowl, so you have to, have to, have to make Locked On NFL your first listen, and make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Make sure you're following along wherever you get your podcast, because, well, there's a, a lot going on, and that's what you come to the Locked On Podcast Network for, and whether it's Super Bowl 56, which we're going to get to, we'll close the show with uh, some of my thoughts, the, the team I cover, the team I talk about daily on Locked On Bengals, they've made it to the Super Bowl, which I think is a shock across the, the country, across the world. Not many people expected that. I will be honest, I didn't expect that. So I'll give you some of my unique thoughts uh, as we look ahead to that matchup. We're going to be there next week, by the way, in Los Angeles for Radio Row, bringing you exclusive content. But I have to start with the news of the day, uh, the news of Tuesday. It broke. And uh, we knew it was coming after Saturday. It seemed pretty inevitable. Look, Adam Schefter, say what you want, man. Adam Schefter doesn't really get it wrong. And someone's going to say, oh, well, he got it wrong this one time. I, I trust that Adam Schefter is not going to run with a Tom Brady retirement story and be completely off base. And turns out he wasn't. Neither was ESPN's Jeff Darlington. Shout out to them for getting the scoop. Tom Brady retired. Tom Brady hanging them up. If you're watching on YouTube and you look over my right shoulder, you can see a picture of Tom Brady in a 12 Patriots jersey signed from early in his career. Look, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. I'm not going to deny it or run from it or hide from it. Uh, the first time I saw him in person was earlier this season. I snuck down uh, to Tampa Bay, was able to, to do so. The team I covered, the Bengals, they played on Sunday. The, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they played on Monday night. So I was able to see them whoop up on the Giants. And thank goodness I did because I hadn't gotten to see him in person. It's not like they play the Bengals regularly. And so it had been a while. And of course, the one year where I wasn't covering the Bengals over the past six years uh, was the year that Brady was uh, was at Paul Brown Stadium. But um, look, a lot of people, there were a lot of people on Saturday, especially that tweeted me because I know I'm a big Brady fan. And they were like, man, sorry, it, you know, that must suck. And I'm like, no, it doesn't suck. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome because this dude played 22 years, okay? Seven Super Bowls, 10 Super Bowl appearances, three regular season MVPs, five Super Bowl MVPs, um, has the all-time records for passing yards, touchdowns, completions, and attempts. And not only that, he went to Tampa. He won a Super Bowl there. And then this year, look, it wasn't in the cards. They had a ton of injuries. There's no denying that. They were missing Tristan Wirfs in the, the playoff game. And I'm not making excuses, but it just it never really felt like their year. Right? There was all it always seemed like there was another injury or two injuries. It was just like it never felt like their year. And so not shocked at all that they're not playing in Super Bowl 56. But he's leaving at damn near close to the peak of his powers at 44. Led the NFL in passing yards. Led the NFL in passing touchdowns this year. Led the NFL in completions and attempts. 
I would say he's the MVP. What does MVP mean? Most valuable. Most valuable. Um, if you take Tom Brady out of Tampa Bay, they never win a Super Bowl. He changed everything there. Uh, what he did for that team, that organization. I mean, I don't know where the hell they go from there, but this isn't about Tampa Bay. This is about Tom Brady. And so if he's playing, and I don't know if he's necessarily going to win the MVP, but I would probably vote for him. And Packers fans get mad all you want. Uh, you know, Bengals fans might too, uh, you know, with Joe Burrow, whatever. Uh, those are probably the top three in, in some order. To me, Brady completely changed what the Bucks do and proved everybody that said it was just Belichick and he was a system quarterback and all of those things uh, showed that that wasn't the case at, at the latter part of his career. And he was still playing at a, an extremely high level. Um, this wasn't, you know, Tom to Tampa Bay wasn't Jordan with the Wizards, right? It wasn't Kobe post Achilles. It wasn't Allen Iverson with the Pistons. Most greats go out and they aren't close to their, their peak. It wasn't Peyton Manning in the last year with the Broncos. And I get it. They won the Super Bowl. But let's be honest here. Peyton Manning was throwing the ball about as far as I can today. And that is not very far when you're talking about an NFL quarterback. And so when I think about Brady's legacy, no, it didn't end with the Super Bowl. But he's got seven of them. It ended the way you would want to end in any career, at any level, at any profession, at the peak of your powers. This wasn't fizzling into the night. This wasn't Brett Favre returning for one more year or switching to seven different teams. Cause I thought that too. I was like, well, why doesn't he just maybe try to go to Tennessee, right? Where the Super Bowl windows open, or he could stay in Tampa Bay and they could recruit this guy or this guy and keep wiggling the cap room and kick the can down the line. And you know, it's an easy division. You'd say on paper right now. No, He's, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to go out at 75% of his power. He was he's not at his prime anymore, but he's at 95% of it. Certainly numbers-wise, he's as good as he's ever been. And so that's the part. The NFL and greats in the NFL usually go out not on top, not even close to the top. They're, they're, they max out what their greatness and then hang on because they think they have a little bit more. Everyone knows Jerry Rice played for the Oakland Raiders. Did you know that he went on to suit up for the Seattle Seahawks or the Denver Broncos? Did you know that? The Denver Broncos. Yeah, that happened. Greats play and bounce around, and it happens. And instead of that, instead of hanging on, instead of trying to play to 50, instead of doing that, he said, look, I've done everything I can do. I've won seven Super Bowls. I have all of these records. Now I want some family time. And I think that's exciting. I think that's awesome. I think that even someone as singular focused as Tom Brady has enough perspective. And of course, his wife, Giselle, has been in his ear for years and years and years about this, but has enough perspective to say, okay, I've done enough. And it's not because he can't play anymore. It's not because he's not a top five quarterback anymore or a top 10 quarterback or a top 15 quarterback. Like a lot of those guys weren't. Brett Favre, was he a top 15 quarterback at the end? I don't know about that. Was it Peyton Manning? Certainly not. Ben Roethlisberger? Certainly not. Drew Brees? It's close, man. It's borderline. He was he was throwing six-yard passes his you know final three years. And I'm not, not trying to knock these guys because they were all great. They're all legends. 
but Brady was still playing at this elite peak level and he left and he was older than all of them. And so to have that perspective, to play for as long as he did, to have all the success he had, I congrats. That, that's all I can say is congratulations to Tom Brady. And it's exciting. It's exciting to see what's next uh, for Brady, his legacy. Uh, there's been some speculation about uh, the Patriots, and I want to get into that. I want to get into his announcement a bit because I, I think that that's an interesting part of this, who he mentioned, who he didn't mention, my thoughts on that, and then we'll get to Super Bowl 56. But first, I have to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online is a one-stop shop for all of your betting needs. It's betonline.net, and you need to get there right now. From scores, totals, player for player performance props, and so much more. They have you loaded, stacked, and packed for Bengals, Rams in two weeks in the big game at SoFi Stadium, and it's not just football. BetOnline.net has you covered for basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and so much more. They're a one-stop shop, so you need to get there right now. Nowhere else. BetOnline.net, and make sure you wager because it's going to be fast. It's going to be easy. It's going to be simple. I use them. You should, too. Again, betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, let's get to Tom Brady's announcement, because who would you guess that he was going to thank? Instantly, almost instantly. You're like, of course, he's going to thank Tampa Bay. Of course, he's going to thank fans. Of course, he's going to thank. But the, the first thing is, all right, well, where's Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft? Where's the Patriots? And this dude posted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven slides, eight slides, and not one of them mentioned the Patriots or Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft. And boy, oh boy, yeah, that is directly. I mean, he mentioned Alex Guerrero. He mentioned Tampa Bay. He mentioned St. Petersburg. He mentioned all of these different things, Jason Light and all of these guys, uh, you know, in Tampa Bay and doesn't mention the the gentleman that helped them and everybody in New England that helped him win six Super Bowls. Uh, you know, there's a couple theories. And as I record this on Tuesday afternoon, uh, we're not sure what's going to happen. I would imagine this, if I had to guess, if I had to predict it, it's because something bigger is coming when it comes to uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots. Um, and no, I don't say, you know, I don't think he's going to like replace Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator or, uh, you know, unretire and go back to New England. I don't think that. But could he sign a one day contract and retire a Patriot? Absolutely. I could see that happening. Uh, do I think that there's some level of pettiness with Bill Belichick? Sure. At the same time, I think Brady, now that he's done in making the decision to be done, he will rise above that much like most professional athletes do. And so to me, and, and I was texting, texting, um, some, I, I don't want to, uh, out, I'll just say someone that's covered the Patriots for a long time. And he said, look, Tom Brady's admitted multiple times that Robert Kraft is like a father to him, like a father. And so when you, you see that and, and, and you hear that, you don't, you can't thank him. And so to me, I think he's going to sign a one-day contract with the Patriots. He's going to go there. He's going to have a news conference at the Patriots facilities. He's going to shake hands with Bill Belichick. He's going to shake hands with Robert Kraft. There's no other way this goes, right? There's no way Brady's just not – he's going to walk away and not mention 
the Patriots. And he did after they thanked him. He thanked, he said, thank you, Patriots Nation on social media, but not in his official announcement. Come on. I just, I can't buy it. I won't buy it. But man, if he goes that route, holy smokes. Can you imagine? I just, I can't. I can't. Not after the story. Think about it. The night he left New England, he made the decision he was going to leave the Patriots. He drove to Robert Kraft's house. And they they live close to each other up there in that area. Drove to Robert Kraft's house and told him in person. You're telling me that he's not even going to acknowledge those guys. I think something bigger is happening. One of two things. Either that or maybe his uh, video company, which does a great job, is going to um, make some kind of farewell video or something. And he, you know, where he thanks, you know, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick separately, but it is weird. It is odd. Nonetheless. Um, the, the other thing here, and, and I was just thinking about it and, um, so I'm 30, 30 years old. So for the majority of my life, do the math, 22 seasons, Tom Brady has been in the NFL. A lot of those, he's been a villain. And, you know, it's been a lot of fun rooting for Tom Brady. I remember his Michigan days, man, when he was the comeback kid and he would lead them back. And, and I remember those days. I also remember thinking he didn't have a shot in hell to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl in 2001. Um, I, I remember uh, rooting for him in most of those Super I rooted for him against the Eagles, um, rooted for him against the Panthers. I wasn't necessarily rooting for or against him against the Rams. You just didn't know what to expect with that team. You didn't know much about him yet. And uh, as a team, and you just were like, come on, there's no way they're going to shut down this Rams offense. Well, it turns out they did. Um, but but to me, it's just, it's wild because everyone feels a certain way about Brady. You know, if Tom Brady gets mentioned to me, I smile. Other people are like, man, I hate that guy. And that's what's so much fun uh, about him. And, you know, who is who's going to be the next Tom Brady? A lot of people say Patrick Mahomes. Well, he's really likable. And no one hates Patrick Mahomes right now. Some might say Joe Burrow. Well, he's really likable. No one hates Joe Burrow right now that I can realize. Josh Allen, does anyone hate Josh Allen? And so that's the part that I think is going to be interesting. Brady was a villain to a degree. Uh, and not many people hated Peyton Manning. Brady was on such a level with him and Belichick. It was like, you know, Darth Vader and, and, and you know, the, the evil Sith Lords. And I, excuse me, I'm ignorant with Star Wars, but that's what it was. And that's how they were viewed. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's kind of wild to see him go because everybody feels some type of way about Tom Brady. Everybody. And it might be good, it might be bad, but you feel a certain way and it makes you emotional and it leads to debates and it leads to fun and it leads to drama and it leads to everything that comes with being a sports fan. And, and so that's the other part of this that we lose out on now, that we don't have now. Uh, next year, the Bengals are supposed to play the Buccaneers. Well, damn, I wanted to cover Joe Burrow versus Tom Brady. Now we don't get to see that. Uh, we saw Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady a couple of times. We don't get to see that as much as we wanted, I don't think, right? It sucks. And uh, at the same time, you look at it, and when Tom Brady uh, you know, got into the league, some of these stars that are playing in the Super Bowl weren't even alive or were toddlers that don't even remember Brady at Michigan, don't even remember um, Brady falling to the sixth round, all of that stuff. And, uh, you, you know, the other thing I, I'll say, and this is kind of the debate, this is kind of the argument. Anytime someone said, man, I like Peyton Manning. He's so likable. And I don't dislike Peyton Manning, so don't take this as a, an attack. And this is just my view of things. Everyone views Tom Brady like he was the golden child. Like he was this guy who uh, was born with a silver spoon and had it all. 
and that was it. And when you talk to players that played with him, that's certainly not the case. And in fact, for years, it's been like Peyton Manning's the good guy, the nice guy. Tom Brady's this, again, villain. And I've always said to people that say that. And again, this is not an attack on Manning because I think you can do this without attacking the other side. Whose dad was an NFL legend? Oh, it was Archie Manning. Um, whose brother was also a Super Bowl champion? Oh, Eli Manning. I mean, it, it, you just look at it, that alone versus Tom Brady. Oh, who got drafted first over? Oh, Peyton Manning. Meanwhile, Tom Brady falls to the sixth round and he goes to a place that hadn't won. That Say what you want, they hadn't won. I know they went to the Super Bowl in 97. They did not win. And then, man, there were so many people in Boston like, man, Belichick should have stayed with the Jets. If you go back and you read and feel what it was like uh, that first Super Bowl season, before that su first Super Bowl season, how the Bengals beat the uh, the Patriots. And this was when the Bengals were awful that year before the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, my, but my point is, is Brady was a sixth-round pick, overcame that, went to a situation that, yeah, ended up being great because of the, the coach he was with, but at the time, you didn't know that, overcame that, suddenly found himself in the Super Bowl, took advantage of that opportunity, and has slowly worked his way up to be the GOAT, unquestionably, undoubtedly, the best quarterback of all time. And for years and years, he took less money. For years and years, uh, he, he would try to get guys to to stick around if he could. Right, Julian Edelman, West Walker. He's turning these guys that weren't outside of Randy Moss and Rob Gronkowski. What Hall of Famer was he throwing to? And I'm saying outside of that, he didn't even win a Super Bowl with Moss. Like this dude, and I'm not saying he didn't have a lot to work with, but my point is, is he was counted out time and time again, and he went from underdog to the dog to top dog to the GOAT. He transformed from a, a dog to a goat. And so th that's where I, it comes from. This guy wasn't given everything. Uh, I think back to that first Super Bowl run. Terry Bradshaw sitting there, Fox Sports, ahead of the Super Bowl, uh, you, you know, in that two weeks leading up. And, and he's interviewing Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady. And it's announced that Tom Brady is going to be the starter. And Terry Bradshaw's like, well, wh what do you drive? What, what kind of car do you drive, Drew Bledsoe? And, and Bledsoe's like, yeah, Maserati or something insane, right? This unique vehicle. And Tom Brady's like, pick up, Ford pickup. I know it feels different now, but that's where they came from. That, like, that's it. That's the difference, right? He never had all that stuff until he got it and he earned it. And not to say that Peyton Manning didn't earn it or any of these Drew Brees didn't earn all these guys, of course, that they had their dad, you know, people doubted them at times and all that stuff. But that's what I think of when I think of Tom Brady. I think of a guy that overcame a ton to get to that position and then worked extremely hard to get better and better and better. And one day he looked up and he was the best. That's how I view Tom Brady. Up next, will the man that delivered the final loss of Tom Brady's career, Matt Stafford, will he win Super Bowl 56 and get his first ring, or will it be Joe Burrow? I'll give you my first look at Super Bowl 56. Unique look, since I'll be covering the game in less than two weeks at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bars. 
because Built Bars are the number one protein bar on the planet. They're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, perfect for you. So it doesn't matter you know, what flavor you're craving or what you're looking for. Maybe you want a little mint chocolate. Maybe you want blueberry muffin. Maybe you're looking for one of the limited time flavors or right now they got the cookies and cream, baby. Cookies and cream is back. You're getting a protein bar made with 100% real chocolate that tastes great and has great macros. That's going to fit your diet or going to fit uh, the healthy snack profile that you're looking for. Or maybe you just want a protein punch after your workout. Built Bar can be that for you. So go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's dive into Super Bowl 56 a little bit. And we can talk more about it next week. Uh, but to me, this matchup is going to come down to a, a few things, right? Aaron Donald in, in that for, uh, in that Los Angeles Rams pass rush. You know, can the Bengals withstand that and keep Joe Burrow upright? And it's going to be a conversation, a talking piece, time and time and time again over, over the next couple of weeks. But that's the first thing that came to mind when the Rams beat the 49ers on Sunday night. And I was at Arrowhead in Kansas City, you know, writing about the Bengals. I'm like, all right, Aaron Donald, he's a bad man. So that that's the first thing. Other things, and again, I'm just going to gloss over these things because you're going to hear a ton about it over the next couple of weeks. I just want to give you some of my initial thoughts, an initial look. Um, the other thing uh, for the Bengals offense is going to be, all right, Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase. We know that Jamar Chase is a huge, huge part of that Bengals offense. And yeah, Cincinnati's won when Chase hasn't had explosive plays or when Chase hasn't been as involved. But even last week, he didn't have a huge game, but you know what he did have? A, a critical two-yard touchdown where he just rose up, made a catch, made a huge play, contested play uh, that put the Bengals in position to tie that game after trailing 21-3. to Can he do that against Jalen Ramsey, who's widely considered the best cornerback in football? So that's a matchup I'm excited to see. On the flip side, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr. versus the Bengals secondary. I think that's a great one. Odell, certainly in sync with Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup has played as well as any receiver, if not been the best receiver in in, in all of the league this year. Certainly numbers-wise has been that. And so when you look at that, how do the Bengals combat it? Because Right now, they've had great secondary play, I would say, uh, over the course of the playoffs, specifically Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates, the star safety, number 30, if you don't know him, has played insane uh, over the past couple of weeks, the first three uh, postseason games. Hasn't had a great year, but has really turned it on in the playoffs. It was almost like a light switch where he flipped the script and and has played at an elite level. They're going to need that again. But they're also going to need their cornerbacks, Chidobe Awuzie, Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, to be able to stick with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. And it's one thing to stick with one of them, but then you have the other one. And then, you know, you got Van Jefferson. And so the Rams have a lot of weapons. Who knows? Tyler Higby might be able to uh, suit up. He's battling that MCL injury. They have a lot of weapons. But if you can keep those guys in check a bit, We've seen it time and time again. Matthew Stafford's going to leave a, a ball or two out there. And so will he make that mistake? Will he make that bad play, that interception, uh, potential interception that he should have thrown? And, uh, well, the 49ers are kicking themselves for not uh, securing that and hauling that one in in the fourth quarter on Sunday night. Um, so that's one. Then the other thing here, and the Bengals have been good against the run, but Cam Akers just looks explosive. I I, I cannot believe he's playing at the level he's playing at. He just looks 
almost faster post Achilles. And he came back so fast, five and a half months on the field, making difference, making a difference. I just, uh, whew, he, he's, uh, he's certainly a difference maker. And, and then the other thing, injuries to watch, uh, the Bengals, CJ Uzama left with an MCL sprain as well on in his left knee in the AFC championship game that hurt the Bengals offense a decent amount. And so can they survive without him, without having that pass catch over the middle, pass catcher over the middle of the field? Joe Burrow is great in the intermediate part of the field. They could certainly lean on him some, especially if he's not going to have a ton of time to throw. Leaning on that intermediate part of the field could be huge, but it's going to be a little harder if you don't have CJ Uzama. So certainly something to keep in mind there as well. But that's uh, those are are some of the initial thoughts. Um, it's it's crazy. The other thing here is is the Bengals. They've settled for way too many field goals. Evan McPherson's kicked twelve field goals. They've only scored five touchdowns in the red zone in three playoff games. That number has to go up if they're going to win. You're going to have to score against the Rams because the Rams are certainly going to score. I think. And uh, you know, there's going to be so many storylines. You know, the Sean McVay versus Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor's part of the Sean McVay coaching tree. All of those things. You're going to hear that a ton this week uh, and into next week. The other thing you're going to hear a lot of. Um, certainly if you're in those markets, but I think there'll be a national feature on it too. Andrew Whitworth, the man, the Bengals decided not to pay at left tackle. He left after the 2016 season is still playing at an elite level for the Rams is now part of their, you know, second Super Bowl run. They went to the Super Bowl in 2018, making a run here again. And it's like, man, Andrew Whitworth is still playing at an elite level and the Bengals, the team that let him go. Yeah. Their offensive line is still searching a bit not not as much at left tackle as other spots the their guard play is really concerning but not as not as uh dire as it's been in recent years with jonah williams kind of stabilizing that left tackle spot but they left andrew whitworth go and joe burrow stayed with andrew whitworth after he had surgery from dr neil elitrosh who's the rams doctor he's also operated on andrew whitworth so there's a lot of ties there the lsu tie between whitworth and burrow and chase so it's uh it's interesting. It's going to be fun and it's exciting. And I hope nationally you're as interested in this game as, as I am here locally in Cincinnati, because to me, it's, there's a lot of stars on the Rams side. And yet you had this young team on offense for the Bengals uh, and they don't know what they don't know, right? Whether it's Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase or the kicker, Evan McPherson and, you know, T Higgins, all these guys. Uh, plus you have veterans, you, know, you have a T uh, Tyler Boyd, on offense, you have a Joe Mixon. They've been through some of the wars and some of the struggles for the Bengals. And then the flip side, veterans that have been on good teams but might not have necessarily made it to a Super Bowl until this year: Mike Hilton, Von Bell, Trey Hendrickson, Chidobe Awuzie. So uh, you know the list goes on and on there. So it's going to be a fun matchup. I'm excited for it. Make sure you make uh, Locked On NFL your first listen. For more on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56, we're going to have you covered all week. This week, all week, next week on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Also check out Locked On Rams. Of course, wherever you get your podcast, it's free, it's available, plus it's on YouTube. So Tony Wiggins was out this week. He'll be at, back next week. And uh, until then, I'm James Rapine signing off. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On NFL.